Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Joshua chapter number seven is where we are going today. I'll leave that to you later, Brother Mason. There's other announcements to come. My wife has announcements to make. Brother Mason does as well. We'll get those at the end of service. Amen. Folks, this two weeks ago, I was just carrying my wife's briefcase, okay? That's what I was doing. I was just carrying her Bible and her briefcase. People were introducing us. This is Sister McGee and her husband. <clears throat> she was involved in so many ways at our national conference. It just kind of baffled my mind. I mean, us and the kids didn't see her much until we went to services together. Uh, she was doing something in a meeting or, or uh, speaking. And I got, can I brag just a little bit on my wife? I want to brag on my wife. And I love and appreciate her. And uh, Sister, Sister Carpenter, which of course is Brother Carpenter's wife, and he is our superintendent, our general superintendent over the Assemblies of Lord Jesus Christ. Sister Carpenter on Wednesday was supposed to be speaking to ministers' wives, her and Sister Gill. But Sister Carpenter, prior to conference, had lost her father, lost her father to death. And all of the funeral arrangements, all that stuff was taking place on that Wednesday. And so Sister Carpenter, of course, wasn't going to be able to fulfill that row. And Sister Gill asked my wife if she would fill in. And I'm telling you, that's a very high honor. And I, I, there, there are tons and tons of women from states all over the United States that could have perhaps fulfilled that row. But Sister Gill asked my wife if she would. And I count that. I, I'm just, I tell you what, I just walked taller. I mean, I think I grew an inch or so. So proud to be her husband. Amen. And the Lord has called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. Love and appreciate her. Joshua 7. I'm going to read verse 20. And I'll be mindful of your time. I understand we, 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 we shouted a little bit. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Don't ever begrudge the moment. Amen. That's fine. But I want to just speak to us just a little bit today from Joshua 7, verse number 20. Amen. And the Bible states these words. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord of Israel. And thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, and 50 shekels weight. Then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran unto the tent. Behold, it was hid in his tent, and the silver under it. Amen. For a little while this morning, like to minister simply this the silver is under it all the silver is under it all he has these three items he buries them in his tent but the bible makes certain distinction to tell us where he placed the silver he placed it even further under the babylonian garment and the wedge of gold the silver was under it all Amen. Let's call upon the Lord right now. He'd help us in the next little while. Father, I love you. I appreciate you, Lord Jesus, today. And we need, Lord God, your help in this place. 
God, anoint every hearer, every mind, God, my lips, God, and my heart. Mark every bit of air, Lord Jesus, for me this morning that I can share the word of God. Lord, that someone's life, God, can be benefited by this word. God, it stands alone, God. I don't have to prop it up. It's mighty, it's powerful, it's quicker, Lord Jesus, God, than any two-edged sword. It divides us under the soul and the spirit, the bone of the marrow, Lord, the intents of the very heart of man. God, it knows and will discern. Lord, I love and thank you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. And the church say amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. The silver, the silver is under it all. The silver is. Everyone say the silver is. The silver is. It's under it all. Amen. The children of Israel are entering into the land that has been promised to them now for quite some time. Their feet are actually now touching the land of Canaan. They had already prior to this spent their 40 years wandering in the wilderness. They have now come to the Jordan River their second time, but rather than touching it and leaving it, they have crossed over it. They're entering into the land of Canaan. The first city of their conquest in Canaan and the instructions that God gave to them concerning this first city really speaks volumes for the children of Israel and us even in our day. God made his instructions very plain. He basically told them in approaching the land or the city of Jericho, he told them that there are some things that are going to be reserved for destruction there are going to be some things that's going to be reserved for fire and then he tells them though that there are other things that belong unto me in this city he says the city itself is accursed and the people are accursed and seemingly everything and the contents of the city are cursed and they are to be destroyed but there are some things that belong unto me that should not be burned with fire he said all the silver all the gold all the vessels of brass and iron must be set apart and taken to the treasury of the Lord these over here is destroyed but those things of silver and gold and brass and iron belong unto me so in essence everything out of the scope of brass iron silver and gold everything outside of that scope in the city of Jericho was accursed and the objective that the Lord gave to the children of Israel was very simple just keep from the accursed things don't touch the accursed things don't 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 take any of those things home don't handle those things just keep from the accursed things the bible tells us in joshua 6 and verse number 17 and the city shall be accursed even it and all that are therein to the lord the bible says in verse 18 and ye shall and ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing lest ye make yourselves accursed and we shall take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. In other words, if you partake of the accursed thing, then you become accursed. If you take any of the contents of the city outside of silver or gold or iron or brass, then you will be accursed and the nation will be accursed. And all these other items are going to be a curse unto you and a curse to the nation of Israel. As if for that matter, he wanted the Israelites to know that it even wasn't necessary. 
It wasn't necessary for them to handle these things. It wasn't necessary for them to even sort these other things because they were reserved for fire. The Bible says in Joshua 6 and verse 19, but all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron, he said, are consecrated unto the Lord. He says, they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. In other words, God wanted Israel to know that the only things that need handled and the only things that needed to be taken were the things that belonged to God. He said, if you're going to take anything or handle anything, handle the things that belong to me. Take the things that belong to me. Those things, he says, that are going to be taken to the treasury, no doubt they had to get there by some way, and it was going to be the Israelites that were going to carry them to the treasury. And so if any man was found holding anything, it would be the things that belonged to God. If any man was found with anything in his hands, it was going to be from Jericho. It was going to be the things that belonged to God. Insomuch that that man could not boast of those things in his hands as being his own. But if a man asked him, what is that you're carrying? He would have to say, I'm carrying that which belongs unto the Lord. I'm carrying that which belongs unto God. He could only testify to them the fact of what he carried was something that belonged unto the Lord. It wasn't his own it wasn't his own belongings but it was God's can someone say amen and so from the very first victory in Canaan God wanted his people to only feel the weight of the things that belonged to him they weren't allowed to take the spoils. They weren't allowed to, 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 to plunder and pillage throughout Jericho unless they were taking in their hands the things that belonged unto God. And with purpose, I believe God did that because he wanted them to familiarize themselves with what it felt like to feel the weight of the things that belonged to him. He wanted their hands to become familiar, if you will, today with the things that belonged unto the Lord. And so God must have determined in his mind for the children of Israel that before I permit them to carry any spoils of their own to their own tent, I want them to have a sense of what belongs unto me. I want them to have a sense of what is mine. But in our story this morning, Achan does the unthinkable thing. Not only does he take of the accursed thing, the Bible says, but he also steals by taking what belonged to the Lord as his own. The Bible says in Joshua 7 and verse 11, Israel hath sinned and hath also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and dissembled also and they have put it even among their own stuff. Achan had taken of the accursed thing. Now the, again, the accursed thing is anything that's not silver, not gold, not brass, and not iron. Amen. Achan had taken the accursed thing because the Bible says that he saw a goodly Babylonian garment. Amen. And he took it for himself. He took of the accursed thing. It's not called, notice what the Bible says. This is Achan speaking. He said, I saw a goodly Babylonian garment. 
It's not called goodly because the author here in Joshua called it goodly. It's not called goodly because God had called it goodly, but it's goodly because Achan's thought of it to be a goodly Babylonian garment. But here's Achan calling a garment that was accursed a garment that was forsaken, a garment that was off bounds for him. He was calling this thing goodly. The very thing that God said should be destroyed, Achan was saying that's a good garment. The very thing that God says I'm gonna annihilate, amen, Achan in his eyes, he says that is a good garment. Can someone say amen? And so we see a little conflict already going on in the mind and in the heart of Achan. What God calls bad, Achan's calling good. What God says I need to destroy, Achan's saying I'll keep. What God says I'm going to just purify and annihilate by fire, Achan says I'm going to put over here to the side for my own use and my own purpose. It was a Babylonish garment. Now Babylon, a, a garment from Babylon, no doubt, was good perhaps in their own right, but Babylon was one of the great cities of the world. It's one of the ones that we read about in Genesis 11 where the Tower of Babel was built and people were trying to make a tower unto the God of heaven. Amen. It was Babylon was a cultural leader all the time setting the pace, if you will, for the cities and the nations that were around them. Babylonian garments were beautiful and they were costly. They were worked garments of diverse colors that were woven together and somehow it made all its way to Jericho. Some even suspect that perhaps this garment was the garment of the king of Jericho. But no doubt they said a man that would wear a Babylonian garment was a man that wanted to be chose to be marked by success and power and if you will, labeled a man of the world. Anybody that got a Babylonian garment was labeled, that's a man of the world. That's a man of commerce. That's a man of the economy. That's a man of success and a man of power. And here's Achan with wanton eyes looking at a Babylonian garment. Maybe perhaps that he might be labeled a man of the world. Goodly, if you will, as he calls it. And all of this causes us to ponder, if you will, the condition of the soul of Achan. Because I pose this question to us this morning. What was it or what happened to Achan's convictions whenever he esteemed some things of the world more than the things of God? What was it that caused Achan to esteem the things that God wishes to destroy at a higher level than what God had in store for him himself? Where was Achan in his relationship with God that he wanted to keep what God had already cursed? Someone say, amen. And to mask it over, to mask it over, any man carrying a garment is going to be caught red-handed that he's taken the accursed thing. That he's taken what God has put a pronouncement upon of cursed destruction be caught red-handed if you're just carrying around a garment. But the Bible says to mask it over, if you will, to mask over the accursed thing in his hands. The Bible says that Achan grabs 200 shekels of silver. He grabs a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. Amen. Because besides now carrying this garment, he's going to be carrying the silver. 
and he's going to be carrying the gold. And for that matter, if any of that gold, silver, iron, brass is going to get to the temple, men's going to have to carry it. People's going to have to pick it up and get it there. So it's going to require them to carry these things. It wouldn't be uncommon to see a man or a woman carrying some gold or carrying some silver or carrying some brass or carrying some iron. It would not be outside of the ordinary to be carrying those things. But Achan has a Babylonian garment and along with that he has some silver and gold which wasn't uncommon but if he could somehow carry that maybe it would divert their eyes from what he shouldn't be carrying I think I might have just broke a button I tell you what we're getting rowdy here Amen. Maybe it would divert their eyes from what he should not be carrying. Now everybody else with their silver and their gold and their brass and such things are carrying these things to the house of God. They're carrying these things to the treasury of the temple. But here is here is Achan. Amen. He has the, the, the cursed thing. He has that which is cursed and that which is blessed in his hand. He has the curse and the blessed in his hand. And he's making his way to his personal tent. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. Come on. Can, can I say this morning, isn't it a little bit amazing? It's a little bit amazing, at least to me, what we'll do to go undetected by the human eye. Wondering, Gideon, I can get by with carrying the accursed if I also carry the blessed. I can handle what Babylon produces as long as I cloak it with what belongs to God. Somebody hear me right now. In other words, Achan wasn't going to endeavor to carry the Babylonian garment all by itself. That would just be too noticeable. Too many people would pick up on that. That would stick out like a sore thumb. But if I can get a little bit of Babylon, amen, and just somehow mix and muddle that with a little bit, if you will, of what God blesses and what belongs to God, perhaps everybody will overlook what I'm carrying around that I shouldn't be carrying around. Someone say amen. God said when you go to the city, don't you grab anything that's a curse. You just grab everything that belongs to me. Why God? Because I want you to be familiar with what it feels like to carry what belongs to me. What's mine. What I have possessed. What I have bought. What I have purchased. The reward that I have placed in your hand. I want you to get familiar with that. I want you to somehow fall in love with that. Your next victory, next battle, before you grab any spoil, you're going to remember what it felt like to carry what I possess. What I... Somebody say amen. Amen. But here Gideon said, if you will, a precedent for society from that time forward. And since that day and probably before that day forward, there are people that are in this everyday humdrum life. Amen. There are successes and there are victories even in Christianhood. But they're still trying to carry around what belongs to God along with what belongs to Babylon. They're still trying to carry around the blessed and the cursed in their life. And many times they're carrying the blessed just so that they can mess over the curse. That they're carrying around in their life. Someone say, "Man." Oh, someone say yes. 
with good purpose and good reason and I, I don't know I just showed up here on this Sunday morning with this in my heart and mind here leading into the weekend people coming to church and I'm thankful for that I'm thankful for attendance on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night Bible study all of that is well spoken of and I believe that's very much so agreeable and if you pay your tithes that's biblical and I'm grateful for all of that and if you lift hands of worship thank God for it we applaud you in your worship today but none of that is to be in your hands just for the sole purpose of trying to cover up a Babylonian garment that might be there also we're not looking for cohabitation in the house of God we're not looking for a left hand on the curse and a right hand on the blessing we're not so would say amen He takes 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, 50 shekels, to his personal tent, along with the Babylonian garment. Maybe they'll see me carrying home what belongs to God rather than what belongs to Babylon. Either way, even what belonged to God was supposed to go to the temple. Now he took all these things and I got to hurry. <laughs> That's my middle name, hurry. He took all these things and the Bible says in verse 21 and verse 22 these two places speaking Achan speaking he said behold they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. And then when they sent servants to go Verify what he said and what he spoke. They came back with the report and with the things. It was hid in his tent and the silver under it. One translation says it like this. Says that with the silver buried deeper than the rest. Probably, been, probably even over a year ago now. In reading the scripture my attention was caught by the fact that the silver was under it. It didn't say, well, it was the silver and then the gold and then the Babylonian garment. It didn't say it was the gold, which, or then the silver and then the Babylonian garment. No, no, no. But it told us that somehow that the Babylonian garment and the wedge of gold was buried, but particularly deeper than that was the silver that was under it. Is everybody doing okay? I really got to move. I know I do. So we have a cursed thing and two things that belong to God buried in a man's personal tent. But one of the things that belong to God a little deeper than the rest. Now I don't know, I, I, I'm just trying to strike a chord with what I think humanity is. But I've known some people that they, they hide, quote unquote, things in their dresser drawer. Uh oh, I'm already walking through your house, ain't I? <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, they they show you know people. You know, years ago when they hid money, they hid it sometimes in their mattresses, and they put it on bottom. They just didn't put it under the sheet. Ooh, on that, we're gonna put it below, underneath the mattress because it was valuable. Just walk with me here. I can't seem but wonder or even try to get inside of Aiken's head. 
I know there was a wedge of gold of 50 shekels, and no doubt, and I haven't looked up the value of, of a 50 shekel wedge of gold compared to 200 shekels of silver. Amen. But gold, no doubt, pretty valuable, and silver in itself, pretty valuable. But somehow, Achan seemed to esteem, in my estimation, that that silver was more valuable than those other two items that he had. Because if somebody was going to start coming in and stirring around his tent, he wanted them to dig to where they would find the Babylonian garment and the wedge of gold first before they would ever get to the seal. Someone say amen. Not only that, I think that Achan understood the purpose of silver in his day. Someone say yes. I read in the scripture, and this is something that Achan would have known and that he would have witnessed for himself. The Bible says in Exodus chapter number 30, Sister McGee, and verse number 12 starting, this is speaking of the tabernacle that was in the wilderness. This is the tabernacle, amen, that Achan and his family had seen. It had been pitched and it had been taken up and they had encamped around about it and they had done their travelings through the wilderness over the Jordan. They had followed the Ark of the Covenant around the walls of Jericho all these days and at the end of each day they went back to their encampment around about, amen, the tabernacle. And the Bible says, this is concerning the tabernacle, and when thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom. Everybody say a ransom. A ransom for his soul unto the Lord. That when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them. And when thou numberest them, go on, this they shall give everyone that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel. After the shekel of the sanctuary. Shekels 20 geras and half a shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Going on, Sister McGee. Everyone that passes among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. Verse 15, the rich shall not give more, the poor shall not give less than half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement, an atonement for the souls. And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation that it may be a memorial to the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. In other words, to make a ransom for an individual soul, an atonement for their soul, they were required 20 years and above, whether they be rich, or whether they be poor, no difference in the amount, half a shekel of silver was ransomed for their soul. All of these half a shekels were collected and they were to use them, the Bible says, for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. If you were to go on and if you were to read in the Bible of Exodus chapter number 38, they would tell you about the 603,050 men that were redeemed or half a shekels were given for the ransom of these men. It would go to tell you that at about a half a shekel, that would be about over five tons of silver that was brought into the house of God because men given money, if you will, of redemption for their soul, for their very being. When we begin to read the tabernacle, we read about the tabernacle that these 
boards that were set up to make up the walls of the tabernacle were set into two sockets of silver. Each socket being made of a talent. Each socket being made, if you will, of the ransom money for the souls of the men that had given that in exchange for their personal redemption. As a matter of fact, when you read concerning the sockets of silver, the Bible says, and the sockets of silver were under it. And the sockets of silver were under it. Over here, the sockets of, you can read it over and over again, the sockets of silver were under it. Meaning that the very structure of the tabernacle in the wilderness laid and was based and was confident upon the sockets of silver, mainly silver. And that silver was nothing more but the money that was paid for a ransom of the redemption of the souls of the children of Israel. So every time they pitched and they encamped, you know what Achan seen in his life? He seen the foundation of the tabernacle, which was silver. That was underneath it all. What are you talking about, Brother McGee? It was that foundation that the structure set upon, that the walls came up high enough, that caused the means of separation and distinction from what was outside and what was inside the tabernacle. It provided, if you will, perfect protection for the holies of holies and the holy place and the light that burned therein and the presence of God that would burn therein and so in a certain means in essence everything that took place in the tabernacle the silver was underneath it all not just the silver but more importantly the redemption money the ransom money for the souls of men were underneath it all so every time Achan seen that, he said the silver is underneath it. Redemption is upholding it. It's all underneath it all. And so I can't but beg to wonder here this morning that whenever Achan took that which belonged to God, whenever he took that silver and he knew it wasn't his of his own accord, but it truly was God, that he took that and he says, I'm going to put that a little bit deeper. Listen to me. Because this silver, 200 shekels, has the ability... For redemption. Wait, wait, wait. Because when a man, and I don't have time to go to the scriptures, and I, I'm sorry, I apologize for that. But a man, whenever he committed a trespass in the Old Testament, not only did he bring a sacrifice, but he was also to bring some money, shekels of silver, for the purpose of his trespass. Achan knew the moment he took of the accursed thing, I've stepped over where I should have stepped over. But I'm going to grab also that which belongs to God. Some gold and silver. And I'm putting the silver deeper than all the rest. Because if I need to make amends for my trespass. Silver is going to be underneath it all. So it means that I can get back. Someone say amen. Silver is going to be under it all. Giving me a means by which I can get back in good standing in the presence of the almighty God. God. Someone say amen. amen. Yes, yes, Here lies the problem. Achan took what belonged to God personally for himself. Yes. 200 shekels could take care of quite a few individuals for redemption. That could take care of Achan. That could take care of his wife. That could take care of his kids take care of his family but things folks go awry whenever you can't entrust God with your redemption someone say amen 
Whenever redemption is taken in our own hands, it will end in peril for ourselves and for our families because you cannot take what is accursed and what belongs to God without an overarching, if you will, negative impact on your life. If he wanted to carry that to the treasury, that'd been fine. If he wanted to take the gold to the treasury, that'd be fine. But he was taking what belonged to God to his own house. Amen. This is, this is what I'm claiming as my own. Let me tell you something today, folks. I don't have God necessarily because I chose him. John told me he loved me first. He loved me first. And because he loved me first, I'm able to reciprocate that love and love him back. It's not so much will you accept Christ, but because Christ for accepting me. I'm able, if you will, to accept him. Someone say hallelujah. He says the silver is underneath it all. Silver is the money or the medium of exchange in the Old Testament scripture. Amen. When we talk about silver, when we talk about gold and brass and iron, amen, silver is the only, uh, the only one of those four metals, amen, that is not mentioned prior to the flood. But after the flood, you see now then the, the initiation, if you will, of silver mentioned with all these other metals. And the reason why is this. After the flood, they needed a means of redemption. After the flood, amen, before, it was we're just going to annihilate everybody, get all the wicked, get all the cursing, get everybody out of here and just take care of it but after the flood they needed a silver they needed a redemption a means of redemption a means of exchange if you will in order to have ransom for the souls of the people now listen to me the silver is under it all it, it is a value to Achan it can purchase it can redeem various objects various things but more importantly people the Bible tells us in Leviticus I'm just running there because I got to quit I understand the Bible tells us in Leviticus 27 <clears throat> when a man or a woman is making a vow unto the Lord <clears throat> and their vow concerns themselves that there is the priest would give them a certain estimation of value to that person when they were vowing themselves. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, without reading it, in Leviticus 27, the breakdown is somewhat like this. The priest would give an estimation to a person who would dedicate themselves to the Lord. And here it was. That if an individual was from one month old to five years old and it was a male, their estimation was five shekels. If it was a female, it was three shekels. If they were five years old to 20 years old, if it was a male, it was 20 shekels. If it was a female, it was 10 shekels. If they were 20 years old to 60 years old, vowing themselves unto the Lord, a male was 50 shekels and a female 30 shekels. If they were 60 years old or older, that the value for a male was 15 shekels and the value of a female was 10 shekels. And so their estimation much was dependent upon their age and dependent upon their gender and many times male more so than a female higher evaluation because of the work and the, that they could be employed with being dedicated to the house of the Lord amen more so than the female nothing against them at all but it was just the evaluation that was given and as a person was younger and couldn't do as much their evaluation was lower and as they got older and couldn't do much their evaluation was lower but in the prime of their life evaluations were high for males they were 50 shekels 
with that being said, I'm going to turn our attention to the New Testament. Because the Bible speaks to us that Christ was sold by Judas for 30 pieces or shekels of silver. Think what an evaluation. The Lord at that time being somewhere around 33, 33 and a half years old, according to the Old Testament estimation and valuation, should at least brought a good 50 shekels of silver. Huh? At least good 50 shekels of silver. As a matter of fact, in Zechariah, Chapter 11, verses 12 and 13, being prophetic of that time when the Lord would be purchased for 30 shekels of silver, Zechariah says it was a goodly price. How in the world, Zechariah, can you call that a goodly price when it's 20 shekels less than what the evaluation should be? If it was only 30 shekels, if you will, of silver, why is it so much Less. Well, we read in Scripture, the Bible tells us <laughs> Do I got it right? 30 shekels? Is it 20? I'm right. Okay. I'm just making sure. <laughs> the Bible tells us we read concerning it. And I believe that it was a lesser estimate. 30 shekels. You listening to me? Because Christ didn't need redeemed. Thirty shekels, not coincidentally, was the evaluation of a female from 20 years old to 60. The silver's under it all. Christ didn't need redeemed. But he had a bride. He had a bride that needed some silver in her life. She couldn't do it. It didn't belong to her. Didn't belong to her. It belonged to him. But he says, I got it in my treasury. You don't have to pay 50 for the man because the man doesn't need redeemed. But the bride of the man does. So there's going to be 30 shekels in exchange and the silver under it all will take care of the fallacy of the bride. Someone say amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I admit to you, uh, up to the point of time of salvation, I've been carrying around that which is a curse. I've been carrying around the Babylonian garment, if you will. It's been marks of success and power and labeled me a man of the world. But thank God I've come in contact with some silver. I'm not taking it to my own tent until he said I could have it because it belongs unto God. But if it wasn't for the silver, there wouldn't be nothing else about Paul McGee. If it wasn't, I was born into slavery, so to speak. But because of what belonged to him, the silver is under all of my life. It's under it all. Stand with me, I'll close. I 
I know Gideon. I know, some reason I want to say Gideon this morning. I know Achan. I know he and his family, his children, everything that he had, the cursed and the blessed things of his life that he took to stand. I know all of that. There was stoning and they were burned with fire. I understand that. But my, 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 my focus is not what happened. My focus is what Achan did in the moment of hiding. He understood the value. Even if the gold by human standards was more valuable, he understood the value of the silver because he put it under it all. And honey, there is, wherever we are in our walk in life, there is nothing more pertinent or important than we understanding the value of our personal redemption. He said, I seen the silver as the foundation of the tabernacle. It upheld all the structure. It made sure that there was sacrifice. Because of it being in place, there could be sacrifices on the altar. There could be incense on the golden altar. There could be a light in the holy place. And there could be bread on the table because of the silver that was under it all. And it's no different for us today because of the price of redemption. The Bible tells us, I think it is in 1 Peter 1, 18, somewhere around 18 and 19. He said, ye are not, ye, for as much as you know that ye are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but now you have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It has become the silver that's underneath it all. We can just bow our heads in this place. Brother Mason coming here to a close this morning. God, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. God, it belongs to you. God, you want me to tote those things that belong to you so I know what the weight of that feels like. So that I can familiarize myself with how that feels, the weight of that, how it feels. God, I need to come to terms that there are some things, Lord, that undoubtedly must be destroyed. But there are other things that need to be safeguarded because they belong to you. When squander off a Babylonian garment, it's meant for fire. And in the end of the story, it got exactly what it was prescribed for in the beginning, fire. It says, but that silver, that silver is underneath it all. Even Achan in that moment in his life knew it. Don't ever get to a place in life, no matter where you may go, where life may take you or where you may take yourself. Don't you ever get to a place that you underestimate the value of redemption for your soul redemption in your life there's people that separated from the house of God this morning that in certain modes they are just like they are just like Achan they have their Babylonian garment they have their mark and distinction of the world upon them uh, you know the old saying they're churchy enough for the church and they're, they're, they're too worldly for the church and too churchy for the world they got both but in all of that you have conversations with them. They talk to you. And you know what? Some, many times, not all times, but many times comes to the surface. They have not forgotten the value of redemption for their life. Why? Because there's, there's just maybe a lingering hope there as Achan had. If this thing goes south, I've got a means of, of a trespass offering here that can get me back in good standing in the presence of the Lord. I don't want to abandon this, forsaken this, disregard this. If you're standing here this morning, you've been one that have been catering to that which God has cursed, been petting that which God said should be destroyed, and yet at the same time, trying to attend to the things that belong to Him, you're going to find yourself with your hands full. 
you're going to find yourself in a very compromising situation. But sir or ma'am, if there's one thing that I can admonish among all others is this. Don't ever, don't you ever devalue the value, if you will, of the redemption that God can have for your life. The ransom money, the atonement that he can have. You would be better off seeing the Babylonian garment and just letting it lay where it lays. And grab the gold, for sure grab the silver. And take that which belongs to God, to God. And then God in the moment of his own choosing when he desires will take what belongs to him and give it to you. Because you take it to your own house and it's not going to profit you. It didn't. It didn't naked. What you got to do is take what belongs to God to God and then let God turn back around and bestow that upon you. Redeem you by you. Purchase you. Hallelujah. These altars are open this morning if anybody wishes to come. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.